Tyler win an MVP this year? I hope so. Uh, you guys are you guys are up to something. This was the worst comments I ever got on a high-rated quarterback, and I've been doing this a long time. Run up pads on, so we're not gonna talk about a whole lot of nothing. Tuesday is sparring day. Wednesday is day that we install everything that we're gonna do in the game, and Thursday we just turn it up a notch, you know. All right, boys, let's get after it. The NFC coming at you hot. Last year, this uh, division was was quite interesting. Uh, you saw the Giants kind of have their year where they went all in and couldn't really put it all together. Redskins threatened, but then you had that Alex Smith really ugly injury kind of put them out of commission. Eagles made a late season charge uh, for the playoffs with once again Nick Foles at the helm. And then the, the Cowboys kind of just cruised to a, a nice little uh, divisional win. Uh, they won a playoff game. And uh, so I, I think this – this division, you know, the same team never wins it two years in a row. It's always really unpredictable, um, and it's always good for a nice little Sunday night football game uh, in December. They always like to throw throw an NFC East battle up there, it seems like, uh, the East Coast bias. But, uh, you know, we're, we're going to get into it and try to hash this thing out. Yeah, definitely. I, I would object to you saying that the Cowboys cruise to, to an NFC East title, but... Nonetheless, yeah, 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 you're probably right. Nonetheless, I mean, yeah, there was some ups and downs, but yeah, nonetheless, uh, this, this division has done nothing but humble me, so. I'm yeah, ready, I was, I was about to say, is Lee about to die on Giants Island for year three? Is this year, year three of Lee dying on, dying on Giants Island? We gonna see. We gonna see. <laughs> oh, my oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. You know he's going to have them swamp water in his lungs after that giant Super Bowl. Losing out of that swamp water lungs. It's the Tom Murray in me, baby. I got that New oh, York God. blood coursing through my veins. Oh, man. Well, you want to start let's, talk, off, let's eh? talk some Giants, baby. Let, let's talk some Giants. This, uh, uh, this team had just, quite the offseason. I wanted to start this one off a little bit just with a, with a, just a little – I don't know. People, people, obviously, people obviously know – what happened to the Giants this offseason between the draft, between the Odell trade. I just want to say that there are, there are kind of two ways to look at it. Um, I'm not going to come on this, this podcast and start saying that the Giants are going to be, you know, some phenomenal team that's going to compete for, for a Super Bowl. But I do think that there is a sense of relief in New York in that, and maybe in the locker room that uh, people are underestimating um, in terms of turning the page a little bit from the, from the Odell era. And from, from kind of the antics that were going on ever since that picture was taken on the boat. Um, I don't have too much more to say than that, but I just do want to say that I, as, I believe that people underestimated the value that they got back in that trade. I think that Zeitler is one of the, should, what it, was probably one of the highest people on the, the Giants' wish list, not maybe specifically, but positionally, in terms of someone that they needed to bolster that offensive line and give Eli a little more time to throw the ball. Um, and then I, I'm, I'm a believer in Jabril Peppers. I think Jabril Peppers is a guy that they can plug in at safety. And I think that he can, maybe this is a hotter take for some than others, but I think he can be better than Landon Collins at the safety position for them. Um, so I do think, I just wanted to say that I do think that people maybe underestimated the value that this team got back. Um, and I also want to say that I think that people may be uh, overestimating how bad this team's draft was. I um, there, you probably won't find many people on the planet who disagree more with taking Jam Daniel Jones at the, with the sixth pick and even Dexter Lawrence with the 17th pick than I do. But I think between 
DeAndre Baker and Julian Love were, were two of my favorite corners in this draft, and I think that those are guys that are going to come in immediately and make an impact in terms of covering receivers. They already have Janoris Jenkins on that side of the ball covering receivers, so I think that their uh, secondary is, is better this year than it was last year. And then on the offensive side of the ball, I think that their offensive line is really ready to take that next step. I mean, they're definitely overpaying Nate Soldier, but he's a reliable left tackle. Uh, Willie Hernandez is a guy that uh, Tommy and I, I know Klepp, you, you as well, believed in as kind of a mauler up front. I'm looking for him to take another step and really become, uh, you know, a solid uh, interior lineman across from, from Kevin Zeitler. And, you know, the rest of their offensive line is kind of hit or miss. But I think this team did make improvements that are kind of being overshadowed, let's say, by trading away Odell Beckham, arguably the best receiver in the game, and drafting Daniel Jones with the sixth pick in the draft, and ultimately passing up on Sam Darnold uh, with the second pick last year to take Saquon. So uh, I just wanted to say that I, I think that, the, that a page has been turned here in New York that, that people may be overshadowing. Um, and I just wanted to start, preface it by that so you guys can give your, your spiels, and I, I'll go after you with, I guess, what I think about this team. But I, I wanted to preface our, uh, our conversation about this team with that. Yeah, I mean, I think the issues that I had with, like, I was ready to be on this rebuild, honestly, if they drafted uh, Dwayne Haskins. Like, I, I was kind of ready to be on the Giants trade. I'm kind of, like, I think trading away Odell, obviously he's he's a top-tier talent. Maybe there was some stuff going on in the building that we just didn't understand. But f for me, it's just kind of the organizational decisions you make after that. I mean, I think getting Kevin Zeitler is a, is a great deal. I don't believe that... Um, Jabril Peppers can outperform Landon Collins, uh, kind of, but I understand that you're getting somewhat of the of the of a box safety back, um, and I, I just w my issues were drafting Daniel Jones. I think this is like a classic kind of Trubisky type of pick where it's high upside from the ACC, and you're just kind of rolling with that. I didn't understand that, and I didn't really like the Dexter Lawrence pick either. Uh, I, I don't know if Dexter Lawrence is really a three down lineman. You already have a guy like Dalvin Tomlinson from you know Alabama who kind of does the same role and you traded away snacks for a fifth round pick so I thought that was just kind of like a lateral move you're trading away one of the best run stopping defensive uh, interior players in the NFL you already have a guy like Dalvin Tomlinson on the roster which I would have figured would have been like okay they're moving on from snacks because they believe that Tomlinson can kind of fill that role but then you just draft a guy like Dexter Lawrence didn't really understand that and you got rid of Olivier Vernon as well, and it's like I don't really see where the pass rush is going to come from on this team. And I thought if you're going to take Daniel Jones at six, why aren't you taking a guy like Josh Allen? Like uh, I, and you could have potentially even gotten Daniel Jones when you picked again at 17. So I think it more for me, it just comes down to those types of decisions that make me question, um, you know, who's in control, like you know, Gettleman being in control here. I've never liked the Pat Shermer hire. I went over that last year that I thought that was a really bad hire. And so that that's kind of where I'm at with this team. And Eli Manning is terrible. He's been terrible for three years now. And so that's just kind of where I'm at. I'm, unfortunately, they picked Daniel Jones. I would be pretty high on this team, to be honest, if they had Haskins uh, in there. I, I really think that they could make some noise in the NFC if they had Haskins, but they don't. So Yeah, and then, Clef, I just want to piggyback off of you because I have very similar feelings. And – it's not, I mean, Lee, I agree with you that I think that the value they got back from Odell c could be adequate, and Zeitler is a nice player, and so is Jabril. But again, you sacrifice pass rush and an outside receiver to get better on the offensive line and then ultimately not address those positions after you got rid of them, like Klepp was saying. 
I don't see who's going to rush the passer uh, for them. I mean, right now they have Lorenzo Carter and B.J. Hill, and your boy Lorenzo Carter had a nice year, la- nice rookie year last year and definitely has potential to be a, a really nice player. But, again, it just comes down to, like Klepp said, Eli Manning is not good. Uh, I don't believe in Daniel Jones really that much either. And you're, you're, you, you have – and, I mean, if we want to steal that, that classic Klepp thought experiment – uh, I mean, if any player I could see move teams, it might be Saquon Barkley and, and a, a guy who I could see prime kind of be taken out from under him with the, the surrounding talent that he has. And obviously he's a great player and, and probably the best running back in the league. But I just think this team has way too many holes on it. And I just think it's going to be a, a really down year for them. Yeah, I mean, I think there are many holes. They obviously believe in Marcus Golden as a starting edge rusher, which I don't necessarily know if I agree with. I think they overpaid Golden Tate a little bit, but I think uh, between getting rid of Odell and signing Golden Tate, this team has kind of sold the fact that they're um, going with the Pat Shermer short game, kind of West Coast, get the ball out quick offense. I don't know who's going to be passing the ball for them this year. I could very, I very well could believe that uh, – Daniel Jones is going to be starting half the games this year if things go south early for this team. But, I mean, I would go as far as to say I don't think Saquon Barkley's prime could be taken away from him. That guy is simply too good to, be, uh, to, be, to, to, to have his prime taken away from him. I know what you mean from a winning game standpoint, but I think Saquon's kind of going to get his regardless. I think he's going to end up winning them a couple games this year. I think he's that, that good. I think you make an argument he's one of the best players in the league. So... I just wanted to make a point that I, I did I liked the you know the latter part of their draft better than the the you know the first two picks and I think that you know I, I obviously love Lorenzo Carter I'm really excited to see him you know he had, he had a great year last year I'm I'm excited to see him take that step and I just think that you know this team may have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder coming into the year and we'll get into the Redskins next but as this division shakes down I just I I have more faith in the Giants this year than I do the Redskins so. I kind of just wanted to close with that without trying to spoil too much. But I I just, I do ultimately think that similar to the AFC West, this division is a two horse race. I really don't think that um, the Giants or the Redskins uh, are going to be uh, competitive enough really to to make that playoff push this year. I I do think the Giants have a better chance of, of doing it than the Redskins, but I think both of them have a pretty slim chance. Yeah, absolutely. I was uh, scrolling through my trusty The Score app. You know, if, if, if you don't have The Score app on your phone, I highly recommend that you, that you download it. I think it's the best, best sports app you could download on your phone. That's my first little tip. Hashtag there. free ad read. But, <laughs> free, uh, here's a report from, from um, 40, nearly 40 employees of the Washington Redskins, many working in the marketing and business side, have left the team since January. Departures have come after the team fired president, the president of business operations, Brian Lafamina, in December, less than a year after he was hired. I've been told this by multiple, multiple people. Almost 40 people left behind the scenes. We're not talking about football players or coaches or anything like that. Nobody wants to work there. It's a terrible culture. Nobody believes in the direction and the leadership of the franchise. 
That's the closing statement there. And I just wanted to say that I'm not surprised. Between Dan Snyder being one of the worst owners in sports and Jay Gruden being a, a kind of a wishy-washy coach, in my opinion, a guy who you could have made an argument should have gotten fired last year. And I'm going to now make the argument that we can put it in the prophecy. Jay Gruden won't be coaching the Washington Redskins uh, uh, before the season ends. That's another guy who I think is going to get axed before the season ends. And I think that things are going to go from bad to worse for the Washington Redskins. Um, I hope for Dwayne Haskins' sake that he doesn't start and my prophecy comes true this year and they just let Case Keenum do what Case Keenum does and, and just come into a bad situation and just see those bullets fly and react to the best he can and try to lead them to seven wins. But I don't even think they can do that. I really, it's a shame because I really do like the way this team has drafted defensively the past couple years. I don't love Montez Sweat, but between, you know, uh, Ryan Anderson, a guy who has underperformed, but I liked a lot coming out, and, and Jonathan Allen, they're like Alabama uh, NFL, you know. And um, I, I just think that the Landon Collins signing is kind of a sideward step. I don't really think that's a guy who's going to bolster your defense as much as people think. If you couldn't tell by now, I don't believe in Landon Collins as much as people think he, he, he uh, people, I don't think Landon Collins is as good as many people think he is. I think that he has a lot of flash plays, but he also makes, a, makes many more mistakes than, uh, than his money is showing uh, $14 million a year for a safety. Um, so yeah, no, I, I just ultimately think that, uh, that I believe I take stock in that report, man. I think that the organization is in disarray. Well, um, yeah, go ahead. Well, I mean, even going back to free agency, Bruce Allen signed uh, Landon Collins and Jay Gruden didn't even really know about it. He found out, like, through Twitter. Exactly. Well, I mean, so that's just it, another ode to the organizational disarray and the dire- this is a direction directionless organization. Did Unless you see Dwayne, uh, J- Josh Norman was jumping over a bowl at, like, uh, Pamplona? Oh, uh, yeah, I, I did. That was impressive. <laughs> I, I have no – you can't play pickup basketball – but somehow you can go to Spain and jump over, jump over live animals. I don't, that doesn't make any sense to me. But um, Josh Doxson, I think, is uh, – I wouldn't even say he's overrated, but I, I just do not think Josh, Josh Doxson is good. And, Tommy, I'm going to steal your thunder a little bit here and, and, and hop on the Trey Quinn train a little bit. I think Trey Quinn is going to be one of the only bright spots on this team. I, I, I kind of want to close out the organizational disarray here by saying – the best player on their offense is, is uh, left tackle Trent Williams, and he doesn't want to play for their team. Uh, he's holding <laughs> out, and he's demanded to trade. So I think this team is all over the place, and I do not see the light here for the Washington Redskins. And I'm going to go ahead and slap down a prophecy that the Washington Redskins will start the season 0-5. The prophecies are hot wow. and ready. The Washington Redskins are playing at Philadelphia, home to the Cowboys, home to the Bears, at the New York Giants, battle for third in the division, finishing off home to the New England Patriots. Uh, three of those games obviously are at home, but I just think they are, if, uh, unless they can sneak a win against the Giants, there's no chance this team is going to beat any of those far superior teams. And um, I think Jay Gruden is going to get the ax before the season ends. So that kind of goes to show. Prophecy. That's also prophecy, Jay Gruden. I don't want to say specifically when, but similar to Bill O'Brien, uh, he'll get the ax. Um, if I could, if I could piggyback off of that, cause I, I actually like this Redskins team a lot and I, I definitely completely agree with you, Lee, that this is, this is, I think the first year in, in quite some time that the NFC East has become really a two team race between the Eagles and the Cowboys and a little bit of that parody has, has vanished. But I, I like a lot of things about this Washington Redskins team. And I think 
that uh, I definitely am not going to say that they're going to be a playoff team this year, but I do think they're building in a in the right direction with all the the organizational brouhaha side because I definitely think that's concerning. I'm not even going to try to defend Dan Snyder and his his uh, you know record as an owner and some of the decisions that he's made and just the overall instability that this franchise has, has kind of been you know hampered by. But that being said. Um, I really like, I, I really am, I'm a Dwayne Haskins believer from, from the offset. I think I should just start off with that. I think that this kid is a gamer and he might not be NFL ready, but I just like his long-term potential to be a starting NFL quarterback. And I think that you can really build an offense around him. And I think that started this offseason, bringing in Terry McLaurin and Kelvin Harmon, two of two receivers that I really liked, Kelvin Harmon especially. And then the aforementioned Trey Quinn, who I think is one of the more underrated slot receivers in the NFL. Uh, Paul, Mr. Irrelevant. What's up? Mr. Irrelevant, Trey Quinn. Sorry to was sorry he, to was he Was he Mr. Irrelevant? He, he, he was Mr. Irrelevant. I'm fairly positive. Oh, well, that just even shows you what type of player he is. Um, and then I really liked what they did bringing in Bryce Love to the addition of Darius Geis and Adrian Peterson, and they still have Chris Thompson too. So I, I like that they, they have a nice rotational of two power backs and two – uh, I mean, Chris Thompson is one of the better third down backs, and then I, and I really like Bryce Love as well. And then on defense, uh, I think guys team, can't stay healthy. They've had those guys. All the more reason that I mean, yeah, Darius guys tore his ACL last year, but I mean, I think he's Chris Thompson be, had the had the tibia and ankle injury. I mean, APs are yeah, starting I mean, running back. Bryce, more, yeah, Bryce Love had injuries all, all throughout college. Like, all I'm saying is I like their their staple of backs. And then on defense, all of them have an injury history. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, well, you know, I, three of them could be injured, and, I, and I'll like one of the running backs that is playing. So I, 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 what I'm saying is that they have a nice staple of backs, uh, and I really like their front seven. I do think that there's some cause for concern in the secondary. With Josh Norman has not been the player that was he was expected to be when he signed that uh, contract, and then bringing in Landon Collins I don't think really pushes the needle that much. And then cornerback depth outside of that, you got my man Fabian Moreau, but other than that, I think it's uh, – a little, a little skinny of, of a, a quarterback room. So I think that this team is building in the right direction, and I like them to finish third in this division. And I like them. I like their uh, uh, long-term outlook more than the Giants right now. Landon Collins tried to take that man Sean Taylor's number, bro. Ever since that day, I don't like hearing that. It was out of respect. Landon Collins. I don't care. You got to be you. You got to be as good if you want to take that number. He's nowhere near that level. I think he only joined the team because of, because of Sean. He grew up watching Sean Taylor. I don't think that he joined this team because he thinks they're competitive. Not because they gave him $86 million. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure there were other teams that were willing to pay him. I mean, I, I just I don't think know that, about that. I don't know. The, the stable of running backs is hampered. I think Darius Geis is probably their best running back. I'm interested to see what he can do this year. But beside that, I think all those guys – Barring Bryce Love, we'll see what he can do. But Bryce Love was supposed to be a first-round pick before the season. Injured, injured, injured. If you're a speed back, those injuries to your ankles aren't great. And um, Chris Thompson and Adrian Peterson, I think, are two guys that have seen better days. And uh, from a standpoint of receivers, I just don't think that the talent is there. Uh, the best receiver on their team is Paul Richardson, in my opinion. So uh, unless you want to say Robert Quinn uh, or Trey Quinn, sorry, Mr. Irrelevant is the best receiver on their team. Uh, I don't see who this team's going to be passing to. And Terry if, McLaurin uh, and Kelvin Harmon, man. Terry, Terry, Kelvin Harmon was a, was a six-round pick, and Terry McLaurin was, what, a fourth-round pick? These, yeah. these are guys that haven't played it down in the NFL and, and, and weren't even valued as, as top three-round picks unless they completely change the, the, the – 
you know, the scouting that's been put on them, which I hope they do. I hope they can prove people wrong. This, these aren't guys that are supposed to come in and be your number one receiver off the bat. And on top of that, their franchise left tackle isn't going to play for them this year. So that whole protection there isn't going to be there. So for everything good you have to say about this team, I think there's something worse to say about this team. And I love their defensive rotation of, of pass rushers. Don't get me wrong. I think they got a great – that's like the only thing about, uh, about this team besides Trey Quinn to be excited about. But – other than that, man, I, There's I think There's nothing to be excited about. Yeah. I, Number 48. B.J. <laughs> e. Blunt. That's Let's what you can get it. excited about. That's what I, <laughs> hey, man, let me, I... Let me, let me drop a prophecy, man. B.J. <laughs> Blunt not only makes the 53-man roster, but he's active week one, baby. Love it. Dude. He's active week one. Love it. Put me on it. I sign on. I yep. sign on. I sign on, baby. Let's get it. Uh, how, Say less. I think we should get a little wager gonna, on the Redskins and the Giants for 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 third place. Let's do it. Prophecy. Let's put in the prophecy. Let's put a prophecy. Straight up. Who gets third in the division? Straight up. Right. Clep Clep Clep's gonna have to give his opinion with his analysis that's about to come up. But yes, sir. We know where we know where two of two of the BJP guys stand. Come on, Clep. Join me. Join me on that maroon side, baby. <laughs> You know, you know, I'm a big. I'm, I'm always been a fan he's of Redskins a, he's Island. A going guy. back to last year. <laughs> yep. I've been there before. Yep. We'll we'll, oh, we'll wait to the end. Wait to the end, baby. That's that tease. <laughs> That's that tease, and we ain't talking about table. <laughs> <laughs> um, are we gonna oh, start God. the real conversation in this division, or? Uh, yeah, shall we? Do you want to elaborate on on your skins takes here? No, I'm 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 all good as far as the skins go, man. I mean, obviously, I'm I'm a big fan of also of Jimmy Moreland, uh, corner they picked in the seventh round. I think he's a he's a deep sleeper, but uh, other than that, man, I I like Dwayne Haskins, and I mean, it is what it is. Like you said, the the organization as a whole is is pretty worse worrisome in terms of their ability to be a competitive team. You know, I just, if you can't trust the ownership, can't trust the the GM and, and the head coach is kind of wishy-washy. That that's cause for concern. So um, I, I think we can jump to the two big boys in this division now. Any stance on uh, the the Haskins starting prophecy that you guys you guys? I think you should sweating? start week one. You guys sweating about that? Oh, all right. But I mean, but if if we can bring up the Haskins prophecy, uh, Lee says Keeks Keenum starts week one, and Tommy and myself dissented. That's on April twenty eighth. Keenum Island, boy. Keenum Island. Uh, Lee, why don't, you, why don't you crank us up on the Eagles here? Oh, wow, that's right. The Eagles did not uh, win the division. I was a little caught off guard by this. Um, Philly, I just want to start this off by saying, man, I was really disappointed that the Eagles uh, didn't make the playoffs last year. I thought they were a playoff team. They were a bit snake-bitten. Um, I want to give you guys a little, little knowledge here. Week four, Eagles squandered a 17-3 third-quarter lead over the Titans. In overtime, they gave up. Uh, an 18-play game-winning drive to Tennessee where they tended, the Titans converted on 4th and 15, 4th and 4, 4th and 2 to score a touchdown with 5 seconds remaining, if you guys remember that game. Week 5, they gave up a 64-yard fumble return to a defensive tackle that ended up losing them the game. Two weeks later, in my, uh, in my humble opinion, the low point of uh, Carson Wentz's career was having a 17-0 lead against the Carolina Panthers going into the fourth quarter and absolutely squandering that game in the fourth quarter, um, much to uh, the dismay of the, of the Eagles fan base there. Um, 
yeah, this is a team that, you know, saw their their fair share of bad luck in the form of games like that and injuries and, and underperforming. But at the end of the day, I think this is a team you can really trust in. And, and the track record spe- speaks for itself since Doug Peterson has been hired and as long as Carson well, uh, Wentz is healthy. That's a big if, though. I, I really hope Carson Wentz, can, Carson Wentz can stay healthy all year. I'd love to see what he can do after having a couple years of experience in the league, obviously getting uh, better and making adjustments under the line of scrimmage. The guy's a great brain in the game. Kind of reminds me a bit of Andrew Luck, uh, uh, a little bit, a little bit worse in my opinion. But he's he, he's got room to prove that he's better. He's he's in merge or uh, verging into that elite category of quarterback, I believe. And this is a Philadelphia Eagles team. I really expe- I have high expectations this year from. I think they've got they they clearly were a Super Bowl team two years ago. I don't think they've uh, lost too many guys. I think bringing back Deshaun Jackson was a really big move for them. I think they're going to utilize him a whole heck of a lot better than the Buccaneers did. Um, I think Jordan Howard's going to end up being the, the, the bell cow running back for this team. I think they gave away decent value for him. I, I liked what I saw. He doesn't have you know, the breakaway speed to be an every down back in the NFL, but I think he's, a, he's an absolute bruiser. And they got Miles Sanders to, in the second round to be that breakaway guy, a guy we really all liked. And clearly they liked a lot to be drafting running back in the second round. And then J.J. Arcega-Whiteside bringing that depth in in the draft. I just This is a team that just kind of makes all the right moves, in my opinion. And I think they're extremely well coached. Talk about a team uh, opposite of the Redskins. Good owner, good GM, good coach, trustable quarterback. They, you know, they just really got a good system. The players there want to play there. They got a left tackle like Jason Peters and uh, you know a right tackle like Lane Johnson. They got guys on both sides of the offensive line. Uh, depth at receiver, stud tight end. Uh, you know, there's really not I like too many the, bad. The Malik Jackson signing was pretty good too. I, I absolutely agree. I think basically almost every every move this team made was was good, and it's really going to come down to Carson Wentz's health and ability because they do not have Nick Foles there as the backup plan. If I, if I'm not mistaken, their backup quarterback is Nate Sudfeld. So Clayton, unless Clayton Thorson can break into that backup spot. Uh, rookie from Northwestern, they drafted in the fifth fifth round. But Wentz has got to stay healthy. He's he maybe he has to rely a little bit less on his brute athleticism, lumberjack like athleticism, and, and just be able to sit in the pocket and deliver the football like we all know he can, and, and be a little bit more of a brain, like I uh, alluded to priorly. So um, that's basically what I have to say about the team. Great defensive line rotation. They're just so solid on both sides of the ball. There's really not. The, the biggest hole, I think, is the secondary, and that was due to injury last year and youth and inexperience, and a lot of those guys are coming back um, you know, stronger than ever, and I think this is a team that's really hungry to get back to that Super Bowl. I think that Nick Foles being out of the building, too, is just going to help Carson Wentz. And not that, agree, Nick Foles, not that Nick Foles was a, was a bad teammate you know, or a bad voice in the locker room or anything like that. It's more of just... You know, having a guy behind you who had an amazing Super Bowl run, brought a Super Bowl to the city of Philadelphia, I mean, having that guy behind you is tough. It's almost like Wentz knows he's better, but he's almost thinking, like, does everyone in the locker room believe that I'm better than this guy? It's like you can't know for sure, you know, and it's almost like it it plays on his confidence. I completely agree, Klopp. Go ahead. I mean, and they gave him a big contract extension this offseason. So I I really liked that Philly kind of sent – you know, let Nick Foles go on his way and really just gave Carson Wentz the reins of this team. And I thought that was a really good move for them. I also want to say fourth-round pick, defensive end Sharif Miller from Penn State. Great draft pick. Just another addition to the unbelievable rotation of defensive linemen they have. 
Guys, I, I'm really high on this Eagles team, and as a Cowboys fan, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm scared of this team. I'm, I'm quite frankly scared of this team, and I think this team's going to be meeting new, the New Orleans Saints in the NFC Championship. And right now, Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz is my MVP pick. I think, I think we're going to have a, I think we're going to have a big year from Carson Wentz and this whole Eagles team. Um, we talked a little bit about it in the offseason, uh, our offseason breakdown. That you know, outside of the the big splashes that uh, the Cleveland made and also the Jets, uh, this Eagles team, man, just had a really good, really good uh, off season. Klepp and Lee, you guys both touched on it with Deshaun Jackson and bringing in Malik Jackson. Um, you know, they this team just reloads. They draft extremely well. Patriots ass where they're making draft picks for a couple a couple years down the road. Dallas Goddard, you know, you got Zach Ertz and you got Dallas Goddard. You bring in J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, who I think is the heir apparent to Alshon Jeffrey, and I'm expecting big things from this year, a guy who can do a lot of different things. Uh, and then, you know, uh, they dra- they traded in front of the Texans to get Andre Dillard, who has no pressure to start and can be one of the best backup tackles in the NFL right now. Um, so this team just, like you said, Lee, the, the infrastructure is there. They just execute on such a high level, and it's hard for me to just – not see this team as the top dog in the NFC East from both, you know, just a personnel perspective and uh, a leadership perspective. So I, uh, did they, and, and, and did they sign my boy, Zach Brown? Uh, yes, they did. They signed my boy, Zach Brown, who can still get after it. Zach man. Brown had a good replacement. Yeah, Jordan Hicks. Really good. And, um, I'm, I'm going to stay on that Jordan Howard slander and Miles Sanders has taken that job from his, his bum, his bum behind. Tommy, are you uh, going to make a Miles little prophecy Sanders, here? Miles more? Sanders can't pass protect, according to the reports out of camp. So I don't think you're going to be able to start for the Eagles if you can't pass protect. Because that's because he's going to be running routes out the backfield. That's because that's what he does. Tommy, you get a little, little prophecy, more more rushing yards? I'm going to say Miles Sanders. I'm going to say more combined uh, yard, just more all-purpose yards than than Jordan Howard. What? <laughs> okay, I think that's a weak prophecy. I think it's a yeah, you know, you know who else Jordan made a Howard weird prophecy? Jordan Howard on, Clip on them Vikings, dog, and he was laughing at the end of the year. So we won't go over the, the I, prophecies. I can't even hear what you're saying. Clep on the Vikings. When, when you said, you know who else has a weak prophecy? Clep saying the Vikings are going to win under 10 games. And you know what? I'll make <laughs> that, that weak prophecy, that but I'll, I'll I'm, collect I'm, I'm, that I'm check con- at the end of the year, and that's all that matters. I'll collect that check. I'm going to continue to say that that's a weak prophecy, and I'll dissent that by saying – Jordan Howard will have more touchdowns, so an eye for an eye. All-purpose touchdowns. He'll have more all-purpose touchdowns. No, 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 all-purpose yards. I said all-purpose yards. Okay, and Jordan Howard will have more touchdowns. Okay. So, Because that's what they're going to utilize him for. Miles Sanders is probably going to get more yards because he's going to get more passes because Jordan Howard's not a, uh, a running back that you're going to throw to very often, and Jordan Howard's yeah. going to get more red zone touches because he's more of a bruiser. I think that's you, we can both agree on that. Yeah, but if Jordan Howard so, is a starting running back, I'm not trying be... to slander Miles Sanders. I think Miles Sanders is a very good running back. I just think that if you can't pass protect, he's a rookie. I think Jordan Howard they got good value or they traded good value for him, and I think he's going to be you know he's going to be a bell cow for him. I don't think he's necessarily going to you know rush anyone's heads off. And, I mean, and, yeah, you know, his rush his contracts yards, his but... contracts up this year. He will not be an Eagle next year. So I don't I don't think he's a long term option. They obviously drafted Miles Sanders in the second round. You know, I just uh, I think he's he's the back of the future, and we're going to see that this year. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I don't necessarily disagree with that. Tommy, do you want to uh, bring us bring us home here with your with your squad? Yeah, we let's 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 bring us home because. Uh, and please please give me your thoughts on Kellen Moore as the OC. 
I, I like it. I like it. As I've as I've said before on this, uh, you know, there's there's a little bit nepotism isn't the word in Dallas, but there's just there's an almost there's a favoritism where if you they like they like their guys who are are homegrown and and Jerry doesn't he likes guys that he can he can control necessarily and I think Kellen Moore he's he's very familiar with the personnel. Um, you know, he only I mean besides uh, well he was with the Lions so I forgot about that but. He he's he was with the Cowboys for the majority of his career, and I and I'm always for uh, you know going in on a guy that you believe has the potential to be a, a really impactful offensive play caller. Uh, you know, as we talked about with Kingsbury, obviously it's not to the same level, but I like that they think this is their guy and they're they have confidence with him and they're going and they're moving forward with it. But as as a you know, I did just beef up the Eagles, but I will say that um, I think the Cowboys had a really nice draft and a nice off season, and I don't think you know. I think they got deeper, and uh, you know, you we you know you lose uh, my man's David Irving who who retired because he because he couldn't smoke the ganja, which is unfortunate. But the you know you draft Tristan Hill, uh, you know this the the Cowboys do a great job of bringing in personnel every year in the draft and in free agency. Um, you know this year is just going to be a, a huge year for Dak, Zeke, Amari. These guys are going to have to get paid, and this this year is probably going to be the deciding factor in it. Um, I you know I really I really I, I think this the Cowboys have a playoff team but in you know in the end compared to the Eagles I just don't think they have the same top end elite talent and it comes down to the quarterback position I still like Carson once more than Dak and I think this team um, can only win they're gonna ha- they're gonna have to stick to the same formula they did last year which is setting the run game and the tempo of the game with with Zeke playing really good defense, and then Dak not turning the ball over and making good decisions with the football. And I think if they do that, this team should win nine or ten games and be a playoff team. We're, what's going on with Taco Charlton? Hasn't, hasn't really produced, man, and this is, this is his third year, uh, I believe. So he should have a bigger role, I would think. They brought in Robert Quinn, who uh, has had injury issues but should be a nice steadying presence. But this is definitely uh, you know, a make-or-break year for Taco Charlton. And uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't pick up his option next year if he if he has a, if he struggles this year again. Lee, where are you kind of at with this team? I mean, I think I see pretty pretty solid talent across the board. I think Witten coming back is is interesting, um, and I, I also really like the addition of Randall Cobb. But what, what are you kind of thinking? I I absolutely agree, Clip. I would uh, say that I'm very confident that this team is they're better than they were last year. They're ab- I absolutely think they're better than they were last year. I love that they drafted Tony Pollard and Mike Weber, so now they have a nice little rotation of running backs to take the pressure off Zeke, albeit they're young. Um, and Randall Cobb, absolutely, as an underneath uh, option for, for Dak to let you know Michael Gallup develop on the outside. Obviously, you have your stud and Amari on the other side, and then bringing in Jason Witten, too. So now you really have four guys who are um, viable pass catchers. Three of them are, are quite experienced. I really just genuinely believe that the, like I really agree with everything Tommy said. They're going to have to win by the same formula, but I'm waiting to see Dak really prove that he can be he, – he deserves money and that they need to pay him. And I don't necessarily believe that Dak is going to do that this year because if they keep winning by that same formula, it's going to be the formula where Dak doesn't really do that and doesn't really stretch himself out and doesn't really have that MVP caliber season. And I think if he was – the type of quarterback that could do that, this would be a Super Bowl caliber team without a doubt. 
without a doubt in my mind. But I just think that Dak is kind of towing that line right now of being a guy who is extremely solid and will take a very good team like the Cowboys to the playoffs, which I believe he will. I really, I think the floor for this team is eight wins, and I think that would be very disappointed. I expect the Cowboys to win right around nine games this year. But I do want to say the Cowboys need to win their first three games of the season. They need to start the season out 3-0. and They got the Giants at home. They need to win that game. They're on the road in, in, in Washington playing the Redskins. Two divisional games to start off the year, and then they're at home against the Dolphins. Those have to be all three wins before they go on the road Sunday night football and play the New Orleans Saints, who are hungry for that revenge on that Thursday night game after Thanksgiving. So I really think that I, I love the uh, addition of Kellen Moore as the uh, offensive coordinator. And, you know, I really just think this is the year where the Cowboys are either going to stick to Cowboys – I guess it's mediocrity for the Cowboys with their fan base and, and Jerry Jones, nine wins, ten wins is mediocrity for them unless they're making a push to the Super Bowl. But I really kind of see them in the same category, maybe a little bit better. And uh, I want to officially apologize to Jalen Smith. Guy really didn't miss that much of a beat after completely ruining his knee, uh, I thought, in, in the in the Fiesta Bowl, I think it was, against Ohio State. Maybe it wasn't. Um, well, a, a New Year's Six bowl game. I did not think that he would be the same player after that. I thought that he, his career would possibly be over. And the guy's a man-eater. And so is Leighton Vander Esch, a guy I had a, a faith in last year coming out. But this is just a defense that gets after it. Tommy loves Marinelli. You know, he's a, he's a great defensive coach. I think they drafted really well. But at the end of the day, it's Jason Garrett and Dak, man. It's Jason Garrett and Dak. And if they can push through the Cowboys' mediocrity, let's call it, and get 12, year, uh, 12 wins this year and, and assert themselves as being better than the Eagles, this will be a scary team coming into the playoffs. I, don't necessarily, I can't necessarily say I'm convinced that they're going to do that this year, but I think the floor, like I said, is eight wins, and I really expect them to win nine or ten games. And if, I just wanted to add a, one, uh, one more thing because I, I agreed a lot, of, a lot of the things that you said, Lee. And it, to me, it's not as much about winning. I mean, it would be awesome to win 12 games, but this is a team that I think is, is really built for playoff football. And if they get into the dance, they're going to have a chance just because of the style they play. It, it travels well. They can play in the Dome, of course. But if you get in, a, get in a cold weather game, you know, if you have to go to Philly in the playoffs, they're a team that can run the ball and control the tempo and play really good defense. So they, let's, they have the formula let's to be those successful. those fifth-round picks. Let's not forget those two fifth-round picks, boy. Michael Jackson, Joe Jackson, both out of Miami. The Miami boys. Michael Jackson guy. I'm looking for Michael Jackson to be that big 6'2 lockdown corner, baby. Yep. Maybe he's a little clunky, but he's going to make some plays out there. And it, when um, Well, and another – I, I want to see a, a really nice year from Connor Williams, who I think is going to start at left guard, and a guy that had a lot of first-round grades and kind of had the same criticism that Jonah Williams had last year as if he doesn't really have the length to play tackle, so he moved inside – uh, with the Cowboys, and he kind of struggled a little bit last year, so I'm expecting big things from him. Yeah, I mean, this team is just solid across the board, and I, I, there's no reason to think that no matter who they play that they'll, you know, put up a, put up a fight for sure. And I don't, think, I don't think they'll really be out of any of the games they play. Uh, just a quick shout-out for me is uh, Tristan Hill from UCF. I thought that was a great pick. Uh, interior D lineman with some pass-rushing upside there. So uh, why don't we just jump into our, our rankings here. I'll go, I'll go last. But uh, if Lee, Lee, you want to you wanna start us off? Yeah, I like the Cowboys a lot, but not more than the Eagles. I'm sticking to my guns with the Eagles, man. I think the Eagles very well could get a first-round bye this year in the NFC. I expect them to win 11 or 12 games. So I'm taking the Eagles to win this division, bounce back from the disappointing year they had last year. Um, Cowboys, second place, 9 or 10 wins. And then I think that the Giants will 
tail in third. I think the Giants will eclipse their five wins from last year. I, I, that's all I'm going to say. I think the Giants will win six or more games this year uh, and surprise some people. And then I think the Washington Redskins will be uh, turning the page on Jay Gruden, Dan Snyder possibly selling the team, maybe a maybe a name change possibly if a if a woke owner comes in and buys the team. I don't know. We'll see. The Washington governor. A woke governor. <laughs> a woke governor. Oh well, yeah. Sorry, excuse me. Um, and the Dwayne Haskins era will begin um, sooner than sooner than uh, sooner than later here in Washington. Uh, but I, yeah, I, I think the Skins will be drafting drafting early next year. Um, that's the way I see this division. Uh, I'm 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 gonna go ahead here. Oh, Tommy yeah. didn't go. My bad. <laughs> You're good. I, You're good. Uh, I'm, I mean, no no change in the top for me. I I got the Eagles in one. I I think they're gonna have a first round buy. Uh, yeah, I, I'll throw that in the prophecies that the Eagles have a first round buy. Uh, I'll put the Cowboys in two as a playoff team as well. Uh, and I got the Redskins coming in three, and I think the Redskins can win seven games and, and be a competitive out and start to build towards the future. And then I got the Giants in the cellar with uh, – I think they'll be lucky to win five games, and uh, maybe I'll be wrong, but I think Saquon can only do so much, um, and it will show the true value of a running back really maybe for, for all those RB truthers out there. I'm going to put the Eagles first, the Cowboys second. Uh, I'm going to throw the Redskins third just because of B.J. Blunt and Jimmy Moreland, but I will throw in the caveat that I think if Case Keenum starts the first quarter of the season, I'll, I'll, I'll throw them last. I'll throw them behind the Giants. I like that. Um, That's a double prophecy for me. That's a double-down yeah. prophecy. I love that. <laughs> and so uh, if that happens, then I'll put the Giants third. But I think those two teams – I think almost like we were talking about last year with the NFC North when we were trying to say that it's definitely going to be Vikings-Packers and Bears-Lions in the bottom. Uh, I think this division, I'm pretty certain that it's going to be Eagles-Cowboys at the top and, and Skins-Giants in the bottom. Yeah, likewise. Here we go, boys. Six Absolutely. down. The Norris is uh, Six down, down, boy.